everybody, welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I'm JP. That guy over there is Nick Martin. Hello, Nick. How are you, man? Good. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. We've got a couple of guests on today who are literally in Las Vegas right now. And in about three hours from the time we are recording this, we will be in Las Vegas. So off the air, we're like, why why didn't we just do this in person? But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, Let me introduce you to our guests of honor today. Um, They, one of them, it's a two, it's a two for today, by the way. One of them is a dad. The other one is a son, and they happen to be related to each other. We have a father and son duo, members of the band The Bronx Wanderers, who have a residency in Las Vegas, amazing musicians. Please welcome to DadCast, Vincent and Vince and Vinny, the two Vinnies. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. You're very, very welcome, man. Thanks for coming on again, for uh, taking the time out of your day, man. So uh, the first question, it's a rite of passage. I know it goes without saying to all our listeners and our viewers right now checking out this episode, but I have to ask the question anyway. Rite of passage. Um, Elder Vince, are you a dad? Yes. (laughs) Twice to the the guy right next to you, right? That's one. (laughs) And is he baby or is he the older? He's the older. Okay. Baby, okay. Baby always acted older. So ba- baby uh, was Nick, and Nick had to get married first, had to have kids first, had to run out. had to re- He's like, he's already up to like, he's past me. He's retired and done, and, you know, he's out. <laughs> Amazing. I'm and I'm just getting started, baby. 34. It, it, so oh, no, no, no kids that, that you know no, about, right? No kids that I know about. I just closed on my first house with my girlfriend. So okay. A, so. Like, is is the uh, possibility of fatherhood something that you've considered or are now considering or talk to us about that? Um, I'm nope. very like on the, I'm very on the fence about it. It's very tough because I, I know that I'm a very selfish person. Okay. And he's a very selfless person. He kind of dedicated his whole life to me and my brother. I mean, he literally moved to, like, a a fancy, rich neighborhood just to put us in nice schools, buried himself in debt. He always put us ahead of him. Wow, I feel like I'm at my wake. (laughs) 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 No, I just just don't know if I can do as good or better than him. I just, I don't know. It's a scary prospect for me. Vin, let me me, me tell you something. Um, I think... And, and, and if I'm wrong, please, uh, Vincent, go ahead and uh, it's hard. There's two Vinnies here. So for, before I continue, well, Elder, Elder is you're going to be Vinny, younger Vin. OK, yeah. is that cool with you both? Yeah, all right. Yeah. So I'm willing to bet that prior to Vinny becoming a father, there was a bit of that selfishness in him. And what happened is you came along, your brother came along and um the switch was flipped. It's no longer, whether you were or not, there's now these children in the life and it's all about them. And so you have nothing to worry about, man. You may be feeling selfish now. And let me tell you something as well, Vin, you're 34. I have three children, one stepdaughter, two children of my own. I did not become a father till I was 35 years old. Okay. So, and I was right in your boat, man. I always thought about kids. I liked them, but I was, yeah, I didn't know how I felt. I felt selfish. I, I, this is something that I, I'm too into me and everything that thinks that I want. And this was unplanned. It happened. And best thing that ever happened to me. It, it, I think it literally saved my life. And, and here we are. 
I have seven kids, and there's a lot of times that I wish I was the uncle. And I could just give them back. I'm <laughs> <laughs> saying, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. We had the view answer, and then we had the real life answer. Right. Exactly. exactly. No, but I, I, I honestly, I wouldn't change it for anything. I've got, I've got six, and then the seventh is on the way, and it's God bless hands you. down the best thing ever. That's so uh, definitely scary. And yes, there are definitely times where you do wish you were the uncle, and you can, you can give them back. Absolutely. Like, like last night. The kid wouldn't go to sleep. So it's like, can we just take him to grandma's house? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I just had that. We when we all need breaks. So I mean he would, he would have to get in a car at night and drive me around the block fifty times just so the motion passes me out. Because to this day I still have trouble falling asleep. Like I have horrible time falling asleep. Remember that you had to do that? Yeah. Yep. I drove this guy nuts. How he's still no, standing he's, is it, baffling to me. Baffling. You know, it's and, then, and now we're working together every day. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nuts. Yes, I had to grow my own band to become successful. <laughs> right? Well, I'm trying to figure out how uh, Vinny had kids when he was 10 years old, because you don't look a day past, like, 50 right now, man. His head, uh, is, his head is big it enough. Is, Why wait, you do it's, that, called, it's, it's called L'Oreal number four. You just dye your hair. All right. Hey, I, I, I know the tricks. See that that beard? It ain't, it ain't actually that dark. Okay? I keep it real. There you go. <laughs> I, I keep saying. Um, I think he had me at 30. So if I'm, I'm, 30. Thir- I'm 34, he's 64. We okay. always share the same last digit. Yeah. But your brother does have children. My brother just had his second child. Okay. So I just became an uncle for the second time last week. So you're a grandpa, Vinny. My gosh. How's, oh, how is that experience? Because uh, we haven't experienced it yet. It, how different is it from being a father? I got to say, for me, I've never, I'm not a grandfather. I, it's so, <laughs> and, the, and the only reason why I'm saying that is because our relationship got so kind of weird. This is where this is where we get controversial now. Okay, okay. So I mean, no. So the thing was, his wife never wanted him really in the band and wanted him close to us. And so the minute he had a kid, he pulled really further away. And every time I would go near the kid, the baby to pick her up, she'd scream. Now, now, granted, I know two bolts in my neck. I look like Frankenstein, so I probably scared the hell out of the kid. You know, but I could never pick the kid up. So it's, you know, and then they moved away. They moved back to me. My wife is in the background going, stop, stop. <laughs> you know, then they moved back to New Jersey. So it's like, so I, in name, yeah, I'm a grandfather, but I've never gotten that. Papa, come pick me up. And, you know. We see them on Zoom. You know, yeah. it's tough because they're across the country. Right. I'm, I'm figuring by the time they're about 10 or 11, I'll become a grandfather then. Which is the way I would do it. It's kind of like being like the, the, the head of the lion pride. You don't see the kid until they're like three, four years old. <laughs> and you know they're not going to walk around and get eaten. Right. Like once they pass the test of they have survived, like, babyhood, then, then you can beat me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm horrible. I don't think I should have kids. No, uh, no, no. I, I think you're going to be the saving grace. I think you're going to be saving grace. You know, when you really think about it, you never really like are sitting at a kitchen table with your wife having a cup of coffee and go, all right, let's go upstairs and make John or make Bill. You know, it just happens. And all of a sudden you're a father and life changes, you know, but it, but it's a great thing. And, you know, I, I think most dads would say, you know, am I ready for it? You're never ready for no. it. But then it happens, and you're in the game, and, and it's and it's great. Right, and if you do it right, if you do it right, and you're and you're what a father and a dad should be. Um, like I said, that switch is flipped, and and there's no thinking. There's no. 
well, should I walk away or should I be a deadbeat? No, no. If done right, it's just, it happens, man. And it, and it is amazing. So enjoy your time, Vin. It is, it is getting, okay, controversial. I'm enjoying my time with him. And that's like one of the coolest moments of my life that like six nights a week, we get to walk out on a Las Vegas stage and do a show together. And it's about his life and then how I came in and, Maybe, no, yeah, you know yeah. that is pretty amazing. I actually did a little, I did a little deep dive right before you guys came on, and I, I did the whole, you know, searching up the Googles on the Bronx Wanderers, and I stumbled across the fact that you guys are now currently at a residency at the Westgate, which is where Elvis performed. That in itself is just like wow. But um, I also looked up a couple of videos. You guys don't stick to just the oldies. I mean, unless you consider Queen an oldie, I I, I stumbled across uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and I just I was wowed, man, because that is not something that's easy to do at all. And you, good sir, the first few months we did it. <laughs> well, that <laughs> one while it took a while to get to that point. But, but yeah, it, it really is a show that is for everyone. We really did want a, a, a grandparent to come to a show to bring their son or daughter to be able to bring the grandson or granddaughter and they can all enjoy you the know, same what show. It, what it was, it's, it, it's my life. And so it being my life, it comes down to, I came out of the neighborhood where Dion came out of and Chaz Palminteri. So that was when I was born in 1958. So the music from 58 to like 62, 63, Bronx, me being a kid walking around the neighborhood with my mother is one thing. And then it gets into the turbulent 60s with the Vietnam War. And it becomes that whole next phase of my life. And then the next thing you know, I'm a teenager in high school listening to Queen and all these great bands. And I and I land a job thanks to Dion in the music business. And now I'm in the music business and I'm in the studio watching Billy Joel record and Neil Diamond record and Michael Jackson record. And it becomes this whole kind of like, wow, so why don't we put this whole thing in a chronological order? We'll start from the beginning when I'm a kid. And we'll do, you know, some stuff by Dion. Then we'll move to Frankie Valley. Then we move into the 60s. Then we move up to Queen. And by the end of the show, I mean, I was hanging out when I was... By the end of the show, I got him to do Cashmere by Zeppelin. So yeah, all is well. All no, is well. I got you to do Cashmere. <laughs> he did get me to do Cashmere. I forced that on you. And so, but it was, you know, I was hanging out with John Bon Jovi before John became Bon Jovi. And so by the end of the show, we're doing Bon Jovi. So it's great. It's a fun show. That you is guys a, are out here. You got to come, man. We'll look you guys up. We, okay. We're going to be here tonight through, uh, and if you're watching this in the future, we're already gone and went home. But, you know, <laughs> as far as you and I are concerned. Uh, For the record, they loved it. They yeah, loved it, it was amazing. It was just wonderful. unbelievably how awesome it was. Uh, <laughs> we're there tonight, leaving Thursday. So, I mean, we got Tuesday, Wednesday night open, man. You, know, right? We were playing every night. At the Westgate. I think that's something we might have to do, Nick. Maybe we can get our uh, mutual friend Brian Hopkins to come along. Oh, I love Brian. Brian's awesome. Yeah, we just checked you out. We'll show you, we'll show you the actual stage where Elvis played, and there's an actual All trap. The secrets. There's stuff. a trap door where he would go down in the middle of the show, and there would be a random bar, a toilet, and a bed. Wow. And he would do his thing and then come back up while the band did a whole 25 minute interlude. Like craziness, man. It's Elvis, man, though. If the, you were, I mean, if I, my math is correct, Vinny was 21 to 28 in the early 80s. Yes. Meaning, I don't want to presume, but you're in the music industry. 
It's the early 80s. Tell me about all the cocaine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. When people say it was expensive, I go, I don't know. It was always on a table. Right. It's like, you know, hey, I have some coffee, you know. <laughs> Who paid for it? It was always out and about. <laughs> you know, those, those are the good old skinny days, you know. Right? Yeah, I, I could stand up. I, I I don't even know what that is anymore. Oh, oh so yeah, and then and then then eighty eight rolled around. You're thirty years old, and uh, that guy next to you made an appearance. Now, I'm curious if you can go that far back, and that's not an age joke. Um, it's just been thirty four years. Can you take us back to that fateful day when you were notified? You were let known that you were going to become a dad. Yeah, we're hanging out. We're hanging out on a Saturday night. We're in our apartment. And, uh, you know, life is good. We're working. She's due any day now. And all of a sudden, water breaks. And we drive to Manhattan. We, we were living in Woodbridge, New Jersey, which is like central New Jersey. And we, dr- we went over to Manhattan. He was born at Lenox Hill. And we get to the hospital. And, you know, we're kids. We're, we're literally, I think at that time, I'm 30, but I'm still, I'm like a kid. I have no idea, you know, what's, I'm 29, you know, as he's born. And so it's, I have no, and the nurse looks at us and kind of laughed. And you're going to be at 10 hours. She's nowhere near ready or whatever. So now we sit there and it's now Sunday afternoon and nothing's happening. And it literally is around Sunday night you know, around one in the morning and this one, and it was really great where everything fell together where there's nobody in maternity except my wife. And there's like 10 nurses that are usually doing their thing. So they all kind of gang up on her and they said, let's just make this happen. Let's go. It was like 21 hours so, and I wouldn't yeah. come out. So they call the doctor. I believe four steps had to be used <laughs> towards the end. No, no, you, yeah, like bit. they had to pull me out. There was a Nike symbol on my head <laughs> from the four steps pulling me out. <laughs> Pretty bad. But it worked out that he finally shows up about two o'clock in the morning. But it's, it's now Monday morning, but it's late Sunday night type thing. And... All of a sudden, they kind of thrust them in my arms, and I'm like, oh, my God, what is that? And now it's like my whole life changed. It's, a, it's not about me anymore. Now it's like I got to, like, provide for this kid, and I got to, like, things got to be good. And I will never forget giving him back and, and leaving Lenox Hill Hospital. It's on 77th Street and Lexington Avenue in Manhattan. And I'm driving through Manhattan at, like, 3 to 4 in the morning, and there's no one out. I'm like the only car on the road in New York City, the busiest you know city on the planet. And you just, everything running through my, oh my God, I'm a dad. Oh my God, I have a son. Oh my God, now what? You know, now it's, and it just kind of hits you. And it was great. You know, it was just, I mean, it was so great that it happened on a Sunday night where the city was like empty. And I had that whole alone moment and New York all to myself. Wow. To, to home. And it was really cool. This is amazing. Yeah. And this is what Dadcast is all about. In fact, I, I think you guys inadvertently have now started what I hope to be now a new trend father son duo guests on Dadcast because that was amazing. You just mentioned you never heard that before. You know, with, 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 yeah. with, with Nick, Nick comes along three years later. What was great about that experience is that was. The I Love Lucy episode of, you know, Ricky and the Club. You know, I was literally on stage 
in Tarrytown, New York, playing to General Motors, big corporate thing, a thousand people, and some guy comes over and hands me a note and said, there's an emergency call. Your wife just went into labor. And I literally looked at the band and go, can you guys carry this without me? I was the singer. And they're like, go, go, go. So I said to the audience, I got to go. I'm going to become a dad. And as I'm running through the audience, it was like, you know, you've won the Super Bowl. Now what? Everybody's patting me on the back. And it's almost like they're carrying me to the door to get to my car. And then I got to Manhattan. Same thing, Lenox Hill. Sunday, it was perfect again because parking, you could park anywhere. I park, I run into the hospital. My wife was already in the hospital. As I put the gown on, I walked in, poof, he's out. And I'm going, oh, my God, what? and it's done. It was done, like two seconds done. Wow. Totally different. Wow. Yeah, they're all different. So, so which one is your is your favorite? I'm kidding. Don't answer that. Ah! Don't, don't, don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> It's the one that's paying his bills. Uh huh. Yeah, full circle because again, he did he did a lot for me growing up, and and I'm lucky that I that I have this time with him. I'm, I really am. Well, you guys are blessed because you know. Oh, then I can announce now. I quit. I'm leaving. Oh, you heard it here first, gentlemen. The Bronx Wanderers are wandering off into the sunset. Okay, not really. I hope not. Westgate might have something to say about that. I like. I said we go to Florida in January. You know, when you're 60 years old in Florida, it's like you are the kid. I know. Teenager. You become that teenager again. It's like yeah. Imagine when you're your 40s, you feel like a toddler. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him his first pair of knee-high white oh, socks. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna fit in like a glove. As long as he's got yeah, sandals he's got when wearing the socks. Balance. Yeah, the sandals are the New Balance shoes. Here. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the New Balances. <laughs> already. Oh, nice. I was, I was standing on a line at CVS, and it's like two o'clock in the morning after a gig, and I said to pick up whatever you know. And that's a cool thing too with Florida. Drugstores are all twenty-four hours because they all need pills through the middle of the night. They're all so. I'm, and then some guy in front of me turns and goes, "Ah, oh, you got the uh, you got the heavy-duty New Balance. Oh, those are really good for your arches." I'm like, "Dang, okay." And what the hell did I know? I put a pair of white uh, I, 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 my favorite thing about Florida, I go once a year with my lady. We go to the south of Florida. We try to get yeah. down to Key West. But my favorite area is like Dania Beach, Hollywood, um, yeah. you know, just above Miami, is yeah. the friggin' fish tacos, man. I am a fish taco aficionado. I've searched the world for the best one, and the best one so far I've ever found is at the Taco Shack in Hollywood Beach, Florida. My God. Mahi, mahi. Mm-mm-mm. Mm, I'm going to get that address from you because we're going on tour there in January. All right, cool. I'm Dude, going. Hollywood Beach Taco Shack. That's that's all you need to know, man. Okay. You just just Google that up. Boom, you're right there. I'm telling you. It's the best. Yeah, it sure is. Find some fish tacos in Vegas. Like there's got not. Be. No, of course there is. There's some at the the, the, the Miracle Mile shops, so oceans or something. Right. We're gonna be hungry when we get there. But they're nothing compared to like literally. They caught the fish that morning and then cooked it up for you that afternoon type scenario with the hot, hot, yeah. hot sauce, and you know the authentic Cubans cooking it up. I'm just. I'm telling you. It's, he's excited. He's excited. I, 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 I talk about fish tacos. I get excited. I'm excited about going back. I love that state. I do. I think I think we're going to end up retiring there. Um, okay. Shifting gears out of fish tacos. We're talking about dads. You're a dad. You're maybe going to be a dad. I'm really rooting for you, Vin. I really am. I, I really think it's it's going to be something that. How's the lady feel? <laughs> 
Sorry, Nick. So, so I'm 34 and she's 26. So I have some some age on her. And Atta boy. Really cool where she uh, she's in no rush. She's like, Vin, you don't have to look at me and, and marry me tomorrow. We don't have to have a kid tomorrow. Let's take it one day at a time. Speaking of like families coming together. So when we moved out here, my dad, we moved here. My dad still had the house in Jersey. So he was paying for that and this house. So my brother came out here and had his baby. I had the co-sign for my brother for him to get his house, which meant I couldn't get a house. Right. Which meant, guess where I live? You still live with pops? In my 30s with mom and dad. (laughs) So luckily, they got a huge house. I rarely see them, but I've been living with them. And then lo and behold, you move out to Vegas. What do you want to do? You want to go out and rock out every night. I met a girl that was completely amazing. And I was like, wow, this girl's really amazing. And then you're, you know, you're dating, you're meeting other girls. Next thing you know, this girl can drink more than you. This girl's been smoking meth all night. This girl hasn't slept in six days. Every girl out here is a psychopath is what you learn because it's Vegas. How many people have their heads screwed on right out here? So this first girl wound up becoming my girlfriend. Lo and behold, hey, let's move in together. Where do you want to move? Well, she apparently, all her stuff just wound up in my parents' house at one point. So we've been kind of living with them for like four years, but we've been saving money, saving money, and we've wanted to get a place. And then what happened? The pandemic happened. Nobody's going to give me a mortgage when I'm collecting unemployment. Uh So next thing you know, I'm still saving, still saving, still saving. So then her parents have a rental property that they've had for 20 years, and they were going to put on the market this year. We told them, don't put it on the market. We'll buy it from you at a fair, fair price. And this way, we'll have our own space. We'll have our own thing. And they said, you know what? That's cool. So our first house is going to wind up being her house that she was potty trained in and grew up in. Wow. And she's been my girlfriend for about six years now. And in musician terms, that's like 35. Right. So that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> so yeah, it's I'm on, I'm on the doorstep. I'm on the doorstep of marriage and starting my own little clan. And it's I'm looking at them going, oh, my God, I just closed on a house. This is huge. I want to see how that goes. We move in October 1st, and then um, I'm like the last one of my friends that doesn't have a kid. I'm like, I'm the holdout. Right. It was that movie, Tomcats, and we all been putting money in the holdout. Yep, yep. Who's the last guy to get married? I would have got that money. <laughs> so you're, you're doing it right, though, man. Like, I started really are. kid when I was 19. So I was not prepared financially, mentally, anything. Now that I'm in my 40s, like, hell yeah, I'm financially okay, I'm mentally prepared, I'm more patient, I understand how to take care of kids. So you're definitely doing it right. You're, you're getting your shit together, getting your ducks in a row. The only downside is he can't chase after his kids anymore because he's so old. That's right. <laughs> there, that is, that, yeah. That's the only part that sucks. And they kick my ass, so... Where are you? Where are you guys at? Where do you Where do you live? Because you said you're in Oregon. Where are you? Oregon. Oregon. Oh, nice. Way cool. I love it there. It's gorgeous there. It is. It's not so bad, except during the summertime when it's like you know what's well, kind of like Vegas right now. It's like 107 yeah. degrees out, and there's fires yeah. surrounding us. So the air is you can cut it with uh, the smoke with with a knife, and yeah. uh, the kids go out, can't go outside because you know they'll die. It's uh, it's. It's terrible. Here. Oh, right. Exactly. The blow dryer. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> living in the blow dryer. Who is uh, in your career, uh, Vinny, yeah. as uh, the Bronx Wanderers and any, you know, you know, 
who's in your opinion you've already named a few so i don't know if this question is even who have you performed with in your opinion that has been the most like the most famous musician you've ever actually performed on stage with you know, probably on stage Wayne, with, you know. Joel Medley. You had a cool night. You know, he, I, had, he had a crazy night where it was his birthday and we're playing in Vegas and in walks Wayne Newton. Okay. And, he like, and it's like parts the Red Sea. And then like three minutes later, Tony Orlando walks in <laughs> and like parts the Red Sea. And then like Bill Medley from the Righteous Brothers comes in and everybody just came out for this guy's birthday. And it was like, it was cool. It was an unbelievable moment to see like the top tier. Right. Yeah. Come for, for, for him, you know, and yeah. and he is a somebody. I mean, like if you see behind us, I mean, yeah. there are gold records. Yeah. There are all this stuff behind us. It's just he was always a guy behind the, the scenes. Was behind he the was desk. behind the desk. And, you know, but the, and that's I mean, what his bosses for me, my told big him. Deal. I'm cutting you up now. Yes. That's what his bosses told him. They go, why, go why do you want to be a musician and be on cocaine and blow and get five divorces and have three different wives and all this stuff? Why don't you be an executive? You go home every night at 6 p.m., you eat dinner with your family, and you have the same wife forever. And looking back, he's still married to my mom. You know, like, for how many years? I don't know. 39. 39 years. Wow. Pretty wow. And he still and he still has a job, and he still has his kids. So I think he made the right choice. And most importantly, that head of hair. Are you kidding me? Us. I think he made the right choice. <laughs> no, my, my one big I, – I love Paul McCartney. And so when we snared him in the late 70s for a five-album deal, and he had come over to America to record some just like overdubs. And it was like, oh my God. So I run to the studio and I begged them. He's right behind the glass. I'm looking right through it. He's right, I could touch him, he's right. And I'm going, oh my God, can I meet? No, no, come on, I said, come on, can I? No, nobody, he has to be left alone, no fans. I said, no, 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 you know, I work. no, you can't meet him. We'll let you touch it. I go, what the hell does that mean? So they said, well, for this session, we flew over the A-track that they actually recorded Sergeant Pepper on. Oh. And it's in the room right next to where I'm standing. They said, touch the machine and get out. <laughs> so I got to touch the machine and get out. But that was it. But, you know, I mean, he was, he to me is like the greatest songwriter ever, icon. Whenever you watch him do an interview, he's just so polished. He carries himself so well, never gets flustered and, you know. He's like, to me, the quintessential performer. And out of our neighborhood was Dion, who was 82, 83 years old, two days ago. Still playing. And this past year was out with a number one blues album with every blues artist, uh, Clapton, Frampton. Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck, Brian Bruce Setzer. Springsteen, Brian Setzer. They all did a duet with him on, you know, this album of all blues cuts. You know, it's pretty impressive. And, I mean, I got to watch... He got me my, my job, I get, and I'm, you know, I owe him everything. Most impressive, man. Sounds like you've led, and they're still continuing to lead an amazing life, man. Yeah. Right? Well, I, always, I always say I could die tomorrow morning, and when I say, you know what, I had a good ride. Please don't. I had a lot of fun. Please don't. Yeah, don't do that. It's no fun, trust me. It's, it sucks. It sucks when that day happens. I don't want to do this journey alone, <laughs> you know, but he's, you know, if this is dad cast, I mean... He, he he is my best friend, you know. It's lucky that I get to do my favorite passion in life, 
with my best friend, and and he can like at my wake. <laughs> I was like, I hey man, you gotta. You know, if you see you know, the show, we make fun of each other yeah. the whole show because again, you don't want to go there going, oh, I love him. He's, he's great. He's a great guy. Right. You know, like, you know, we're with each other the whole show. So when you see the Vegas show, I'm ripping on him the whole show. He's ripping on me. But today, after hearing you know what what you guys have done and accomplished and the lives you leave and the families that you made and i wouldn't be here without this guy so it's you know i'm grateful being the non-dad here with you guys because you guys keep it going you know i wonder if i'll keep the human race going i'm not sure we'll see I'll come back and do dad casts a couple of years from now. Yeah, we'll all meet up with Brian at the Sticky Paw Studios and we'll have a, uh, you I know, love Brian. Yeah, you, cool. when we can uh, to go, okay, so tell us about that baby of yours, Vin. <laughs> I, it's going to happen. And also, oh, yeah, so, Vinny, sorry, go I'm ahead, Nick. Like, this is my baby German Shepherd. His name <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what you're just saying about your dad, that's like the other greatest thing about being a dad is having. A little dude looking up to you and like it's your best friend and, like you're his best friend and you're like you're there molding him and teaching him and like and then it worship the ground you walk on that's that's the cool that's like for me yeah. that's, like, the coolest. It, it, you get to a point where you're you're old enough where you could live with you say that you know whereas when i was younger i remember i i, I must have been in my late 20s and I was playing with this guy, great musician. He sounded exactly like Glenn Frey. I mean, and just great guitarist. And something happened with his son, and he gets into an argument with his son. And he goes, but you're my father. He goes, no, I'm not. I, I, you're, you're my friend. He's like, no, I'm not your friend. I'm your father. And there's a big difference. And then he proceeds to scream and yell and, like, you know, kill the kid and, you know, go to your room, whole thing. And I said, wow, that's really kind of true. You know, you can't say... I'm your friend. I'm your father. There's a difference. And then, then as you get older and that wall kind of comes down and you're kind of equal sitting at a table, it's like, yeah, you know, we're friends. <laughs> yeah. Father, I'll still kick your ass. I, he still kick and I'm, I'm currently in I'm a father <laughs> phase. And I struggle with because he being the friend. Because mom kind of she takes that role, and I, and I'm like, no, 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 you gotta you gotta put the foot down. I'm pretty sure all moms take that role and run with it way more than they should. Right, but it, <laughs> yeah. but my kids they still like me better than you, mom. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Is it different with with girls though? Yes, yeah. he lucked out. He lucked out that he had he had two dudes. Good. And I was good in a past life. You know, my brother, <laughs> girls, man. Well, Most musicians I know, they always have girls because it's like God's way of everything you did to those girls when you were coming up, man. Now you got a little girl. Yeah. It's like, I, that, I can explain it like this. And, and that's not, that is very accurate pre fatherhood to a girl. But then that little girl came along and A, I can't imagine life ever without her in my life she changed me through and through um it also gave me a much more profound respect for women uh and you know not that i was disrespectful or a horrible guy prior you know what i mean but as a guy that doesn't have a kid i'm like i hope i have a boy right and and i always thought that too i had my boy and then she was pregnant the other one i'm like yeah baby brother's coming along and then she's like it's a girl i was like i freaked out and panicked i'm like oh crap me being a father to a oh no but you know nine years later it's 
There are some major dynamics. Of course, I don't like or dislike or love one more than the other. It's just completely different. But that soft spot, she's got me wrapped, man. I mean, right wrapped right around that finger. I will do any I will I will jump in front of a train, take a bullet, you name it, without any hesitation for that girl. Um and my son, it's like you don't not as sensitive. You can be more firm. It's your boy. You can you can be tough, but with the girl, you're it kind of brings out the soft in you too. So it's just an amazing dynamic when when you have both, and I'm I'm blessed to have you know have both. They become seventeen. Yeah. Then then what Nick said, they become teenagers, and then they hate you. Cannot <laughs> <laughs> handle the knock at the door. And any one of his friends with rings through his nose or through his lip that looked like he fell into a tackle box saying, yeah, I'm here to pick up your daughter. I would just have to do. Yeah. I, right I mean, I mean, it's and I said, God, don't don't give me. I can't do that. I will never be. She'll hate me. She'll never be able to go out. She'll be in a convent by the time she's 10. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah. I'm not a fan yeah, of guns, can't handle it. I learned how to use a gun just in case. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> And I mean, I had, I had one of those guys, one of, one of those fathers. I picked the daughter up and he was so cool. He was sitting on a couch and he had a plan at all where he's polishing the rifle. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he looked at me and he said, you know, like seven o'clock. He goes, well, so what are you doing tonight? I said, well, I guess we're going to go out like to a movie. And, you know, and that it was OK, good. Be back by 830. There'll be no problem. And I'm getting dead serious. I'm like, and then he's like, ah, oh, God, all right, have a good time. You know, but I was a guest kid the hell out of it. Did it work? Yeah. Exactly. And you know what? I think if you do your job right, and, and, and you know, there's an exception to the rule, but if you do them right, you bring them up right, you, you, you know, they won't be bringing home, you know, piercing face right. if, if, you, if you parent them right. And then, you know, if you don't do your job, then, you know, that's your own damn fault. And then there's times where you do it right, and it's like they're still going to bring home the felon who, you know, it's like, why? What? He's not even good looking. And what's the deal? It it's how you treat their mom. Like, they look at that for yeah. guys they want to date. If, if, you know, if you're, I, I have, I've seen friends where they're not the coolest guys to their spouses or their girlfriends or whatever, and their daughters are bringing home just the, the shittiest boyfriends ever. And it's like, you know. A lot of it's your parenting, bro. A lot of it is how you're treating your spouse, how you're portraying being a man, how you're portraying being in a relationship. That's that's what you're you're bringing yeah. to the table for your daughter. Like, grow up. And, yep. And because like, again, we don't have kids. I can talk however I talk to my girlfriend, and, and, and it's whatever. We're you know we're crazy. We're blah, blah. the minute you have another thing in front of you with eyes and ears listening thing. and absorbing everything <laughs> you do, you need to like really know be aware you're shaping that person for the rest of their life yes it's mind-blowing how you all have done this oh it's easy i've got to start every time i say a bad word and he like copies the bad word so we can put little clips in the podcast right how nick fucks up on a daily basis yeah we do trust me my son knows how to cuss with the best of them and he's nine my two are way better than your nine. If you know, if you go into your relationship basically saying that, you know, this is who I am and this is who you are. Instead of, you know, a lot of times young people go into a relationship, well, I'll change him. I'll change no. him. No. No, no, you're not. It is what it is. And that's what. And so my wife and I, I think from when we were young, we always yelled at each other. Always. 
and we were loud, you know, yes, no. And it was one of those that if there was a, a top 10 list of who's going to get divorced within the first two years or three years, we would have won that contest. And the next five years, we would have won that contest. And it's now, we're 39 years, and everybody around us who had that, yes, honey, no, dear, yes, sweetheart, oh, they're all divorced. And we're still, ah, you do it. Ah, you go get it. I don't care. Right. The reason I became a musician was when they were yelling, I would put my headphones on my ears and listen to music because that would be my escape and that would be my out because I, I didn't want to hear it. And that would be my go-to. But, you know, yeah, we still yell. You don't seem too traumatized, man. No, I mean, you know. Uh, aside from being afraid of becoming a dad, you know, there I'm is afraid, that. But. I'm afraid of becoming a dad. I do Zoom interviews in my underwear. I mean, life's going great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all do in the Zoom era. Come on. <laughs> it's a mystery what happens below this line. As long as you don't ask me to get up and jog around the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as far as doing it right, I mean, I want to show you guys something. And then I'm going to also show you it in person if it happens. But so my little girl and my son, they went camping with Uncle Vince over the weekend. They're actually on their way back now. So I get to see him before we leave. But um, on the way out, my little girl goes, Daddy, here's this so you can remember me while I'm gone. And it's like, honey, there's not a thing in the world that would ever make me forget about you. But okay, you know, I'll hold on to this and I'll take it with me wherever I go. And I now promise to take it to Vegas with me. So when I meet you guys this week, I'm going to introduce you to little, uh, little, little bear. I'm going to show you guys my bank account. That's how I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, coming with the jokes. I took everything. You know what's funny, you guys, is what's happening right now is a, a role reversal. I'm usually the, the, the jokester, and he's the sentimental one. And uh, I don't know what the hell's happening today, but I love it. I'm just excited. We're going to be in Vegas. We're going to go see these dudes. Probably, I'm thinking tomorrow. What nights do you guys, do you guys perform? Is it six nights a week? Five? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're here every night that you guys are here. We're going to work tonight. We Monday, have a Monday to Thursday, we're 8 o'clock. And uh, tonight, we're 6 o'clock. And how long's the show? 90 minutes. So eight o'clock, nine thirty, you're out. Let's Rough go, life, guys. Let's, let's that sounds terrible. Check it out tomorrow night. <laughs> Tell us about your solo uh, aspirations, Vin. Say it again. Tell us about your solo aspirations and what you got going on. Oh, I got my. I have my own show coming up uh, seven days from today. So I'm doing my own show at downtown Vegas uh, at a place called Notoriety. I'm doing all my own original music, which I'm excited about. Um, that same question that you asked dad about earlier, like who's the most famous guy that you've ever played with? Uh, the highlight for me in Vegas was when I came out here, I got to open for Bon Jovi at the T-Mobile arena right down the street. Nice. So I got to play in front of 18,000 people playing my own music. And uh, we had Phil X on a few, few months back. Yeah, and then I got to play with my dad, do 145 people at the Bronx Barners. I love it, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful business that I'm in of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm an, I'm a writer. I love writing, and unfortunately, a lot of kids my age they don't go to shows anymore. They don't go out and see bands. They you know, and especially younger people. Did you say kids your age? Yeah, well, kids okay. younger. Than kids ain't thirty four. Eight kids, brother. I'm just I know, saying. No, I'm not a kid. Right? <laughs> I, 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 I am, and I'm not. Yeah. So like, kids in their twenties, they're right. not going to original music shows. They're going to bars. They're going to Vanderpump. They're going to clubs they're going to pools i mean that's what they're doing so it's it's very hard being an original 
music person nowadays, which is why I, I thank God and thank him I have the Bronx Wanderers and, and I have a job six nights a week where I'm still able to do music. Yeah. But, you know, to get my rocks off, I'm, I'm doing my own show in seven days. So we'll see how There may be, it's, it's like a shift because I work in radio. Um, I don't know if you could tell, uh, but I've been doing it for, gosh, 20 years now. And just like with almost every single, you know, career out there, whether it's TV, television, radio, et cetera, athletes, sports, there's been a shift. And especially since the pandemic and radio, you know, slowly but surely, while it will never die, per se, it is definitely on life support and struggling real hard when it comes to what you're used to. Terrestrial radio, turning on the car radio and it's gone, you know, Pandora and Spotify and streaming and all this stuff. Um what the hell was my point? Oh, yes, a shift. Uh, maybe you just need to go do your solo act at a pool. Yeah. <laughs> or something yeah. along those lines. You know, maybe, yeah. you know, do you're doing it by going to this place. But where where where's all the action at? And, and how do well, we combine? Everyone's told me this week they go, you know, that your music's great. How many followers do you have on TikTok? Yep. I go, TikTok. Yeah. I go, that thing that my girlfriend's on, like three <laughs> hours a night, like scrolling every night going, did you know you can cut a cucumber like this? It's yeah. like, why would I spend three hours watching how to cut a cucumber? It's like, no, <laughs> no. TikTok is so weird. Like Walker Hayes, for example, like he, you know, I've, I've done a couple of shows with him in Medford, Oregon and paid him 500 bucks to come up and play a small 100 to 200 seat venue, right? He does fancy like on TikTok blows up he's over 100k a night now sold out venues and it's like what the hell like and so it, it so i do a lot of behind the scenes with music with some of the some of our friends that we have that were in bigger bands and still promoting shows and stuff and the shift for me what i'm seeing is tiktok instagram everything all these little shorts and then you get picked up that way you get deals that way you get thrown on sirius xm through tiktok now it's just and again, it's it's like, you know, like you said, I'm 34. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I don't want to be on my phone five hours a day. Like, I know you, know you don't want to. I know. I don't but, want to. But there's got to be a compromise. And and I'm right there with you, man. Uh, ask Nick. I hate social media. Oh, I don't hate it, um, which is weird because I'm a very outgoing, I have no fear type of person. Um, but Nick. He handles most of the social media and he got, hey, you got to get on there and do something, you know, make a video, this, that, 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 blah, 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 because that is what is so important these days as far as getting known and seen. And well, thanks to him. Now, what do we have? We got, we got over a million across the board followers. Yeah. It's so attention grabby. It's so like, it's so like, you know, so how, how Jesus are you? How many followers do you have? How many likes do you have? Oh, yeah. Is that what it's all about? I mean, back in the day, man, it was like, dude, that was a killer song, man. I respect you for that art that you made and put in the world. That's incredible. But it's the guy that has the worst performance. It's like now, now it's like Machine Gun Kelly is the top of the music thing. Like, I don't want to believe that. Like, that sucks. That's I know. I know. So, you know, here's do you have a TikTok? And I'm not knocking anybody that likes Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, no, just, we get it. We get it. <laughs> okay. Do you have Do you have a TikTok? Got to leave now. Yet. he's like, my no. Okay. My girlfriend, my girlfriend made me a TikTok. I made one video with her. We're like, we like pantomimed a movie one time. <laughs> it was funny. And then that's it. I haven't gone on since. So the compromise here, in my opinion, and Nick, I think's going to agree with me. As much as you reject it and hate it, how about you just perform a. 30 second part of one of your original songs 
three times a week. And that's it. That is literally all you post on TikTok and watch what happens. You're going to all of a sudden get a following from a group that you normally wouldn't have a following. And then it could snowball. And then next thing you know, you've got hundreds of thousands of 15 to 20 year olds joining you as you open up for whoever at the freaking Staples Center in L.A. If you want it to, to snowball real quick, cover running up that hill. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Do that right now. And, and take Stranger Things, and you're set. Yeah, I mean. We were talking to Dad about that because he's, he's getting all these calls now from his label. They want to re-release everything because Metallica is hot on the charts again. Kate yeah. is hot on the charts again. All the 80s are going through the roof, and all his bosses are going – all right, what a, how do we need to place the song in uh, one of these shows? <laughs> right? You know, it's hilarious. Yeah, I miss the good old days. I was, I went down to L.A. about, gosh, 20-something years ago and ran into Kara's Flowers, which is was Maroon 5. And their whole thing when they started was playing local high schools. And, you know, Adam Levine could have done whatever he wants with who his family was and like his all his it, all the influences that he had at the time. And he chose, nope, fuck it, we're going to do play high schools for free and build our following that way. And that's, and that's how he did it. Yeah. I miss that. I miss, I, I've had bands where I worked with in Southern Oregon that way, where we set them up at all the local high schools and drew huge followings. And then, you know, social media came that out. That was their TikTok. That was their yeah. social media. Was, yeah. Was being yeah. social. I think, I think. people And being around people. Yeah, Vin, I think what's happening here and we're witnessing it in real time and you may not oh. be aware. No, no, you are you are entering that first phase of getting older to where you're doing that whole back in my day and those goddamn kids that that's what's happening right now. You, you're having a problem conforming and shifting to the new trend that wasn't cool or did not exist when we were in our 20s. And you live or you die by it, man. You know, I'm, I'm like right there. Our success on this podcast, I have no doubt, is 99%. Okay, maybe maybe there's, I'm going to give more percentage for the talent portion of it, Nick and I. But a very big chunk is the social media push and the absolute relentlessness of that guy over there posting stuff on all the social medias and getting it out to everywhere and it's slowly doing what it's doing and that's that all right well, welcome to old age man i'm in the market for a new manager so jp uh, <laughs> actually and have, and have nick run the administrative it's funny you might to, say such so things we nick you have a management side we do so one of the one of the artists that we worked with was the uh, songwriter guitarist for uh, Sleeping with Sirens, one of the biggest emo pop punk bands. He wrote all their gold records. He is like one of our best friends. We work with him, and so we do have a management side on the side that we're. But we can discuss that not during the podcast. Okay, all right, all right. dabble. Cool. <laughs> you're, you're right. I am. I am growing to that point where it's like. But that's the business. Exactly. That is the business. You got to follow the trend. You know, it's also you know, pick your favorite restaurant and write a really crappy dance song so we can get free food too. Like, <laughs> as you're, if you're going to hire us as your manager, I like food. <laughs> Didn't Vin? You weren't aware that you know, talent, social media. Talent, social media. You could have no talent in the world, but this huge following, and boom, now you're a millionaire for being an artist, which is what I hate. 
And so if we could combine both the two somehow, you get someone who's very talented, such as yourself, right, and get the social media, bing, bang, girl. boom. I'll talk to my 26-year-old girlfriend and see if she can tutorial me on making a TikTok. Dude, I, I'm telling you, you set that phone up and just perform, so, man. I'm just perform. This is where kids would come into play. Really good for you. <laughs> my kids are amazing at social media. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's it. I, I, you gotta trust the girl. Like she, she knows it. She, she does yeah. it. So I'll. My nine-year-old has a TikTok, and I told her she could not have a TikTok. I don't know where she got the TikTok. Probably because Dad bought her an iPhone. Oh, that's another thing. I mean, really? I bought my. She was an eight-year-old at the time, an iPhone for Christmas. My thought process was: I want to be in touch and know where you are at all times in this day and age. And uh, she's just like, I got an iPhone. Walkie-talkie, you can go two miles, <laughs> right? As far as you can go. Exactly. <laughs> Vinny, you're looking a little bored over there. Are we doing okay? Go. We're talking about TikTok. Are you bored? <laughs> you're not following the trend. Over Does here? Vinny have a TikTok? It's like you know, let him talk. He just won't shut up today. It's great. That's funny. you know what I'm going to do right now. This is going to blow your minds. Are you going to make a TikTok of us talking about TikTok on a DadCast? <laughs> Party people, it's JP. We are on DadCast, and uh, here's a little behind the scenes. We are live right now with the Bronx Wanderers. One of them is Vin. The younger of the two is anti-TikTok. We're trying to get him conforming. And there is Papa Vinny, Bronx Wanderer, yeah. absolute legend. Uh, here's a TikTok. It's happening in real time. I had to do it, guys. This is my first TikTok? Wow. Is it like... Oh, wait, no, it's a boomerang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. We're not doing a boomerang, but we could. That's so 2015, Vin. Come on. Jeez. <laughs> I quit. I quit. I'm going to Utah, and I'm living in Zion. And I don't want to. Dude, I'm in. I'm, dude, I'm, as I have an internet connection, we're good, so I can still do this show. Um, we're getting close to the end of our time, you guys. I'm having so much fun with you. This is amazing. Nick, have you happened to put together a Fast Five, or you just want to skip it? Let's skip it. I just actually got a text from Hawkins, and I guess we're coming out with you guys tomorrow night. So Wait, wait, what? I got the same text. What does it say? You didn't get that text from Hawkins. That's a different text. Oh. We're going <laughs> out with this. you guys tomorrow you're night. Not, you're not in this thread. <laughs> so tomorrow night, we're going to the, the, the Westgate. Yeah, we're going to hang out with those guys tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Oh. We're going to do our podcast with Hawkins. Um, if uh, Original Chaos isn't busy, we'll bring those fellows with us. And I love them, too. They're yeah, all my boys. Yeah. Oh, you just said Dion, right? Yeah. Well, we're, we're actually doing the interview with Dion tomorrow oh, cool, on, cool, on cool. Hopkins' cool. podcast, but it's like a joint podcast. He's great, man. So, yeah, him. I'm excited because we're actually we're going through the same stuff with IVF with our wives. So Wow, that's right. He went, yeah. Yeah, him, and her, him and his wife, Olivia, went through a lot, man. I'm so happy for them. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's really exciting to hear another guy's take on IVF and what's happening. And Way cool. This is amazing. Like, you know, JP, that my one friend is going through all that crazy adult stuff. Uh -huh. sitting here going, so what joint and weed am I going to smoke tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I swear. It's like, God, I don't know if I can grow up to that point. Well, don't worry. that You don't have to immediately, like, you know, all of and a sudden stop everything you do. About what type of weed you're going to smoke and what Netflix show you're going to watch. I do. <laughs> right. You know, and, and if done properly, and this may be a little bit controversial, but once those kids are old enough and they're educated, mind you, um, maybe you all can make that decision together. 
when they're yeah. plus 18. Come on, man. You know I'm what I'm not. saying? We, we drink together, but but I, I try that. He's not he's not a smoker. Uh, well, you know, it happens. If it was in the 80s, I bet you I bet you th- stuff would happen. They, they make these wonderful things called gummy bears. I know, I know. He wants to give it to his wife all the time. Can you just make her quiet and slippery? <laughs> I don't want a drug mom. So it's not drug mom. Tomorrow night, oh, Dadcast, Brian Hopkins of Elvis Monroe. We're going to be at the Westgate to check out the Bronx Wanderers. And for and everyone watching this, like I said, and, and yeah, we're gonna, uh, uh, okay. If you see me, if a five ten kind of portly fat guy, um, okay, I'm not that fat. It's most most. It's this big band. Um, run across the stage with a TikTok. Please tell your security not to tackle me. It's just I'm making a TikTok for Vin. I, I want to make a TikTok on Elvis's bed under the stage. Ooh, yeah. not together though, Nick. Yeah, yeah. No, not with I'll, you. I'll set that up for us today. I'll see. I'll okay. try the whole Elvis. Uh, Little mini oh, sweet. Oh, man. Amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, people of the world, we are on with Vin and Vinny, Vince and Vince, Vincent and Vincent. Do you hate Vincent? My brother hates being called that. Uh, that's he calls me way worse. When, when, no, I'm that's, that's when I'm in trouble. When I'm in trouble, he calls me Vincent. When I was in trouble. Vincent? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, they are the Bronx Wanderers, and you can check them out almost every night of the week in Vegas as they have a residency at the Westgate. Is there any more information? Um, you guys got a website? I know you don't have a TikTok, but is there a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, we, can, yeah. uh, we can get some more information on the Bronx Wanderers? I'm just, I'm we, we, have, no we, have, we have Instagram. <laughs> we have Instagram. Just go to the Bronx Wanderers, and uh, we have Facebook, the Bronx Wanderers, and uh, the website's thebronxwanderers.com. And uh, come out. It's a fun show. We do celebrate dadhood every night and the art of being a completely sadistic son so come out you know what's it's really cool time. though is all the kids on stage you know they're his high school classmates they're my other kids they've been in my house their whole lives i got to watch them all grow up and when we go on the road you know i'm dad i take care of all of them so it's like i have uh, four sons yeah Aww. I don't like to drive anymore, though, because his eyes are kind of I'm gone. not giving so, it so, up. So now I'm driving. not giving it up. I know how you feel, man. He's like driving right. over curves this and would, stuff. This, I'm like, <laughs> you're tired. This would retire right now. This will be an exclusive on your show. All right, now, let's hear it. Wait, you just heard him say that. Now, meanwhile, all the other three guys come to me behind his back and go, we like it better when you drive. We feel safer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Gentlemen, thank you so very much. You know what? I got to ask one final question to Vin. Uh, it, it, it's related to what you said earlier. Um, but it's there's, I, I'm, I'm shifting it up just a little bit. You can play a show with any artist, living or dead, that you have not already performed with. Who's it going to be? stay with Paul McCartney. I, I would love to bring him up on stage and do like Sora standing there or anything he wants. Okay. Brian, and Brian you. I'd want to play a holiday song with Brian. Brian Setzer, man. Oh, freaking, I love Street Cat oh. so much. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was my jam in the 80s growing up. Every December, I have a six-piece horn section, a five-piece band, and I go out and do Brian's show. I do a tribute to his holiday show. So it's like a, a personal thing. I need to come check out. Okay, so I'm in Vegas all the time. I'm not even kidding. 
It's July. This is July 24th, right, Nick? I Tonight will be my fifth time in Vegas this month. <laughs> and I don't even live there, man. So uh, for the fish tacos. I know I, I come for the gambling. I'm not even gonna lie. I come for the gambling and, and the free food. They keep giving me free food, man. So it's just amazing. And I do pretty well gambling. I'm gonna knock on something wood here real quick. Um uh we're gonna see you guys tonight. I cannot wait. Final question. I, I keep saying that. And this one is for Vinny, elder sir. Okay. If you could impart one piece of advice to any new dad or expecting father, what would it be? Patience. And remember when you were young and just trust your instinct and you have to, you got, you got to be patient. You can't, you know, you can't just like fly off the handle and, and be, be crazy. You know, it's all about life. You know, life is this gigantic circle that runs around. And my father was always calm until we did something bad, but you know, it was always about, you're the judge, you know, so you're over, you're overseeing the whole court. You gotta be very, very, think about what you're doing and just be patient and, you know, and, and trust, trust your instinct, trust your upbringing, you know, think back, what would your dad have done? You know, that, that to me is so important. You know, and I say, how would my dad have handled that? And then, then I know I did the right thing. There you have it. All right. Vin, Vinny, the Bronx Wanderers. Thank you guys so much for coming on DadCast, man. We appreciate you. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And to everyone watching on YouTube or listening anywhere in the world, uh, thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you. Please like us up. If you have not done so already, give that channel a subscribe. It really helps us out. Uh, Thank you to our sponsors, uh, Great Notion Brewing. Uh, Look, there, Nick, there it is. Bam! Some of the best beer you will ever have delivered cold to your door. Download the Great Notion app and get 10% off when you put the uh, the code in, DADCAST10. Everyone, once again, thank you so much. Can't wait to see you guys tomorrow night. We'll see See you tomorrow. All right, everyone else, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you on the very next episode. See ya.